This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. One lap to go. Kevin Harvick, though, after a dominant 2018. Does he have enough fuel to get all the way around? Coming out of turn four, Kevin Harvick is going to hold him off. He wins in Michigan. Hey, welcome to NASCAR America. The three regulars are here. Dale Jarrett, Steve Vitar, myself, Jeff Burton. Crazy day yesterday. That was I thought it was really interesting seeing different people being so fast and then all of a sudden somebody else to do it. Four or five cars I thought had a shot to win. Yeah, at least that. Uh, many had a shot to win and put themselves in that position. And then to have it come down to something besides just having a fast car, that obviously is always a plus if you have that, let you do things that, that maybe others can't when you have a fast car. But to have a fast car that has a really good engine and gets really good fuel mileage, those are hard to come by. That's the trifecta. That's going to frustrate <laughs> a whole lot of other race teams when someone's faster than you and burns less fuel. But then I think Kevin Harvick does get the A-plus for celebration. While the, <laughs> yeah, maybe the burnout wasn't the most impressive all year long, to do it with your son was pretty cool. And I liked it. A dad all the way, he leaned forward. Now remember, plug your ears and the floorboard's hot. Keelan right here, he got a nice moment with his dad. I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, of all of the races I've been fortunate enough to win, I had a few opportunities where my family was there, and having them in victory lane made the yeah. win even more special. That's going to be a moment now twice, back-to-back -back at Michigan, that he's done this with his son. I think Kevin's going to really appreciate it. You know, it really is a, a family moment when, when you win a race because your family does it with you. They, they, they drive every lap with you. They make every trip with you, and, and it takes so much dedication and so much commitment that – uh, they're part of it, and to yeah. be able to celebrate with, with, with his family like that is just awesome. Yeah, Kevin went out and took the race uh, when it needed to be, when it was time, but Keelan stole the show at the oh, end. Yeah. Make no <laughs> yeah. doubt about it. That was the biggest cheer uh, that anyone got the entire afternoon, and uh, just great moments. And, you know, I remember uh, having my kids around, my entire family. Uh, I think the day probably that stands out the most is obviously winning the championship at Homestead and having my entire family, my mom, dad, everybody that supported me. My sister was there with her kids and then my entire family. But, you know, you, you think about special moments I can remember when in Martinsville is a hot day and Zach and I said I had to sit down in victory lane and, and Zach was with me uh, he was the only one he's only about gosh I guess he was six years old or something and we're both sitting there and we have a picture of us holding and drinking a coca-cola so <laughs> things that you'll never ever forget you know and I have that in my house and I, and I look at it pretty much every day and, and think about how special that was yeah that's awesome so so you said he went out and took it took the win uh, let's go back and look at the turning point. You know, where yeah. did this race turn when it all started going Kevin Harvick's way? Yeah, well, because up until this point, really, the race looked like 
you know, what you would expect at Michigan. Some very fast race cars. I think the 19 and 11 were kind of controlling the race. Some of the Penske cars. But then, as always, at Michigan, the yellow comes out, lap 149. <laughs> the reason I say, as always, because that's about three laps outside of what we expected the fuel window to be. I think it's not even a gamble. 26 cars came down pit road, Jeff. You have to come down pit road. You have to gamble. But you have to execute on these pit stops. Yeah, you do. And you see... You know, we see right here Kevin Harvick. He was not the first one on pit road. He comes on to pit road, gets in his pit box. He stays here for a little bit longer than other people do, right? He sits here, he loses some spots, leaving pit road. You see the 22 going by. Look who the first car off pit road is. A 12 car, first car off pit road. Kevin Harvick, he did not come off first. Well, I like this car right here for Ryan Newman, DJ. The 48 of Jimmy Johnson had yep. trouble. The 14 of Clint Boyer had trouble. So Ryan Newman's crew chief brings him down the next lap, one extra lap of fuel for the six car. Yeah, and this is knowing the situation and, and taking that in control. That's what always amazes me about crew chief, understanding the situation and then making the most of that, and this would become valuable fuel that they had there. So here, you go. here we have the restart on lap 153. Now watch, pay attention. Kevin Harvick is, he's on the bottom lane, seventh. That's not where you wanted to be. You did not yeah. want to be on that bottom lane back in the pack. But he makes it work. He gets by some really good cars right here. You see Blaney's driven out in front. That move right there, Kevin Harvick blocking the, the, blocking the car, keeping that outside lane. And then Martin Truex Jr., watch this very aggressive move. He puts it three wide on the bottom, and that does not work out for Martin. Yeah, probably is thinking or thought after the race that that was a move that may have cost him any chance whatsoever to have an opportunity to run, uh, make a run at the win. Well, now it's up to the time. Let the chess games begin. 42 laps to go. You see Logano leading wide open throttle. Well, watch these green dots right here of Ryan and Blaney. 80%, maybe 70% throttle. It's one thing to do it in the corner. He was even doing it down the straightaway, saving fuel. These drivers are doing more than just driving fast. They're also trying to be as conservative as possible with the fuel. Yeah, so Kevin Harvick, when, as soon as he came off pit road, they said, we're good. Yep. We're good. So he was hammered down the entire run, had a very fast race car, passed Joey Logano. I think Joey Logano, he was also hammered. I mean, I don't think he had a choice. He was also running as hard as he could. Uh, then Brad Kay, they recognized they did not have enough uh, fuel mileage to make it, so he, had pit, he hits pit road. This one didn't shock me that said they had an issue. They knew they were 10 laps short, but I tell you what did shock me is I thought even though these guys were trying to win the race, more would have known the situation with all the telemetry these crew chiefs have anymore. You can see how much fuel your driver's burning. Well, here it is with four laps to go. You see the different guys up front. We have Hamlin, but really focus on the 22 there in second, and you have Blaney in fourth, and all the way back in eighth, Kurt Busch. The reason those matter, it's because none of the three end up inside the top 10 when all the laps finish. So here's Joey Logano. He's having to pit road, hit pit road. Uh, lap 198 has no choice. They know they're going to run out of fuel. It's no sense being in denial, right? You hate to make this call, but you have yeah. to. Yeah. So he's on pit road, gave up a ton of spots, and that's big. Yes. There's a regular season championship that's right. on the line. Yeah. Kurt Busch out of gas. Had a great day all day long. It looked like he was going to be in the top five. Blaney here, kind of a different story with, with them. Uh, they made a little bit of a mistake to put themselves in that position. And you have the Menard runs out with the 21. You're going to see the, I think it's the 37 of Busher right here. The three of Austin Dillon is already out. He's coasting, luckily coasting faster than Busher though. And then you just, I mean, what a, I mean, two miles. Two miles of racing really changed the outlook. Because now remember, yeah. take a peek. Kyle Larson, big gain on the final lap. 
And you don't see the one of Kurt Busch. He had a bad finish and sunk my fantasy team when he ran out of gas. <laughs> uh, a lot can happen in a few miles race. <laughs> I think Daniel Suarez there in fifth. Yes. That oh, was man. big. Them, them yes. making it that making it on fuel, that was big for those guys there. Clawing and scratching and fighting. Not actually running that great, but yeah. finding a way to move themselves up. So here's my struggle. And here's, I think, what the fans struggle. The 22, 12, the 2, Roush Yates Power. They all have a Ford, blue oval on the hood. Same mm -hmm. engine under the hood as Kevin Harvick. You talk for years past, I would say, well, the driver. You know, Michigan, maybe he's doing something different. These guys are running basically wide open. It amazes me whatever, and I wish I knew, Kevin Harvick and Rodney Childers are doing. Because at Pocono, the last few mileage potential race we had, he was confident there. Oh, don't worry, we're good. Yeah. Just let it go. Here we are at Michigan. Don't worry, we're good. What is it about the four car? They either have a little bit more quantity or a little bit more efficient setup, but they're finding a way to stretch that fuel mileage. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't have the answer either, so <laughs> look this way. It, it's a, they've done a tremendous job with it because, you know, we, we talk about Doug Yates and the power that they build in these Ford engines, and usually if you have that, then that's going to use up a little bit more fuel. But as you point out, there were others that had that same power that, that the four car did. So where is that? It's a, can they be that much better with a, a setup of, with this that could save that kind of fuel that they're confident in what they do? Well, we have a little bit of evidence of they did a better job on pit road. Yes. Because yes. you saw the four of Kevin Harvick losing spots on pit road. And nothing's worse than when your car's sitting in the pit box and you're waiting on that gas man to shake his head. Or Ryan Blaney, he comes down, he stops. And look at the guy, no. No, no, look at the vent line, no fuel, no fuel, instantly. Look at the gas, man. It's not full, man, what are you doing? It's not full. I can't make the fuel flow any faster than that. The car's not full. That's what hurt Ryan Blaney. But I've been there. I made that mistake as a crew chief. You, you see cars leaving on pit road and you tell your guy to leave. Yeah, you, it's, that's such a hard thing to do. You just have to have the patience to look at him. And maybe there was a miscommunication. Maybe, you know, he saw the head movement and he thought he saw it. You know, who knows? That's, that's a difficult call to make. I think also the 22 car, I heard the crew chief Todd Gordon talking this morning on Sirius XM uh, NASCAR that, you know, he said that last week at Pocono, he said, okay, we can't make it. So go out, save fuel. Caution, caution, caution. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. He didn't need to save fuel. This week, he's like, I'm not buying that again. Go run as hard as you can. <laughs> Never got the caution. Never got it. Right? So that's, yes. that, is, that is difficult. That is just guessing and hoping that it goes your way. Some of that can be, some of that can be luck. And if you look historically, you would have gotten a late race caution at Michigan, and mm -hmm. they didn't get it, and that one caution would have, yeah. would have saved them. Well, I some do. of it can be luck, though, but you yeah. asked the question, if I'm another crew chief, this interview right here with Rodney Childers tells me that we're missing something because he had tons of confidence about his yeah. fuel mileage. You know, our guys do a really good job of that. Dax and Billy are up on the box and said that we were a lap or two to the good. So um, they, they've been spot on year after year after year. And, um, you know, I've been with Dax since 2009. So 10 years is um, a lot of trust there. And uh, I felt good about it. But we, we got him to save a little bit those last, you know, seven, eight laps just to be sure. But uh, and you never know if there's going to be a green white checkers. After two, that's two or yeah. four miles. Yeah, right from the very beginning. Yeah. But I have to believe that as we showed Blaney there running, well, Harvick was still behind him when Blaney was saving that fuel. I think Kevin Harvick 
is doing enough there. Knowing the car that he had, he was very calculating in every pass that he made. He didn't just go up. He spent a lap or two behind each of those cars he was making it. So I believe he was saving as much as he could get out of it without even telling them that he was saving because I believe he knew he had the car. They had finally got themselves back into position to do what they needed to do. And it was only here when he caught Joey Logano that he exerted any more than he had to to make sure that he got the lead and was in control then. Well, we didn't even talk about the traction compound, but Jeff, you and I upstairs in the booth, we kept seeing out the window. It wasn't the deciding factor in this race, but I want to applaud ISC, Michigan, and everyone that decided to put that stuff down because there were moments that Kevin Harvick had to be up maybe a lane or a half a lane higher than we had saw the cars able to go at the first Michigan race. So that traction compound, while it isn't the, the most interesting thing in the world to talk about, it is changing the racing. No question. And with this package, it's not a, it's with this package it's not about creating a passing zone per se it's creating an opportunity so you don't get hurt so badly in the corner yeah just find having a place to go get clean air and we saw we saw Joey to, trying to take that away from Kevin right he ran to the top took it away from Kevin so Kevin would have to go to the bottom but on top of all that stuff Kevin was probably running higher than everybody else and getting better <laughs> fuel mileage so taking the furthest way around the racetrack uh, just put a dagger right <laughs> so, so I, and listen we got we talk about we've been talking about this all year but when we come back uh, Jimmy Johnson the struggle continues uh, will the seven-time champion find a way to get into the playoffs And we're also going to discuss which drivers should be considered the front runners for the championship. Plus, we have a grassroots tour, North Dakota. Jimmy's been pretty good at Bristol. Not great, but been pretty yeah. good. Five top, uh, out of the last six races, five top tens. And right now, top tens might be good enough. Look at the points from playoff cut line over the last several races. You can see it's, you know, went downhill and it's just stayed there. Yeah, it's just been unfortunate. Yeah, there's just been so many things. And, and you know, we can sit and talk about why it all happens and, and things that do happen. I, I think as a driver, uh, I don't have seven championships, but I know that, when you have so much success with one crew chief, uh, and, and that's what you come to know and expect, and when you try to make a change from that, you're trying to be as positive as you can. But as a driver, and especially a successful driver, you want to put as much on your back as you possibly can and, and try to make things happen. And sometimes the more you try to make happen, 
the, the, the mistakes you make. It, look, everybody is going to make mistakes. Well, I don't care if you're a race car driver. I don't care if you're Tom Brady. He's going to throw interceptions at the wrong time. Peyton Manning did the same thing. So you could go all through uh, different analogies with different uh, people that were at the top of their sport. But I, I really believe that Jimmy is just trying to do whatever he can. And, and sometimes when you get your that mindset, uh, especially this early in the race, that's what we don't expect is, is for something like this. If this has been with 15 laps to go in the race, trying to make up a couple of spots, you would certainly understand it a little more. I think this is going to sound crazy, but this is a big opportunity for Cliff Daniels to become the leader of the 48. Um, sometimes relationships are forged best in fire or in down times, and I think now's the time to get everyone together. It wouldn't just be a conversation I would have with Jimmy Johnson. I'd get the entire team together, and I'd say, you know what, guys? We let him down at New Hampshire. We had a mechanical failure. Jimmy was doing his job. And right in front of Jimmy, I'd say, Jimmy let us down at Michigan. He hit the wall at lap 15. But everyone in this room can only do their jobs. They can't do more. They can't do less. Because what we're seeing is, I'm not going to call it panic, but what we're seeing is a team that wants so badly to be better. Everyone is trying a little too hard. We haven't seen out of the picker yet, and that's my next fear, is that we're going to go to Bristol, and we're going to see loose wheels because they're trying to help the team out. Like, at some time... You have to just be reserved to the fact that your car is going to run X. And if X that day is 12, then the the goal needs to be 12th, and maybe we'll steal 11th on a restart. But that's really it. It's been time and time again, and I think you said it the best. Jimmy Johnson is trying to be Superman. That was his nickname because he did it. Because time and time again, he won races that he shouldn't have won or perhaps didn't have the car to win. And I don't think he knows how to do it any day. He has never had to race this way in his entire career. He's, I mean, he, since Chad Canals and Jimmy Johnson hit the streets together, they won California year one, and off and running they went. He's going to have to dig into something. Maybe even someone like Jeff Gordon, who's a key member at Hendry Motorsports, maybe he could help. You know, he went through the ups and downs in the last 10 sure. years of his career. Maybe there's something there that this team can lean on, but something has to be said. You just can't sweep it under the carpet uh, and say, all right, let's go to Bristol. So, listen, I, I, I think, I personally believe that the reason that Jimmy Johnson wrecked is because Clint Boyer was in front of him. And there's a stage in coming. And you've got to get points based – you're racing that guy to get in the playoffs. Like riding behind him, waiting, isn't an option. And so Jimmy Johnson pushed too hard. Jimmy Johnson made a mistake. And I think it has a lot to do with the car that was in front of him. That's the car we got to beat. And we're, it's only lap 15 in a race. It's a 200-lap race, but a stage in's coming. And I think that changes the mindset. And I, I think clearly it was a mistake by Jimmy Johnson, but – you know, this battle, I mean, it's it's right in front of us. We're watching it happen. And that car of Clint Boyer is the one that he one of the guys he has to beat. So a mistake Jimmy Johnson should not make, and I think he would admit he should not make. You you know, you just can't wreck on lap fifteen because when you do, those stage points that you're yeah. trying so desperately to get, it yeah. absolutely destroys your opportunity. We got, we got what, two points? throughout the day or something like that? Yeah. I mean, that's just not gonna work. Well, we talked about situational awareness for the sixth car coming to get that gas. Yeah. It's, it's Listen, points racing is not a great conversation, but it's a necessity at this point. If yeah. Jimmy Johnson and this 48 thinks they're going to go win one of the next three races, then I think they're already fooling themselves. I'm not saying they can't win, but we have yet to see winning speed, so stick with what you're good at. And what they're good at is a rock-solid organization that has been in the most pressure-packed situations, a very veteran pit crew that has competed for wins. I think it's as simple as, listen, guys, I'd have an engineer, he would be assigned to the 41, to the 6. I would hear what they're saying. Are they having any problems? What is their strategy going to be? I would make sure if I need to be on their strategy, I am. 
but I would know what their strategy is in case I want to go a different way. It's time to battle old school, like 15 years ago. Yeah. I'm going to outpoint you. So, and I listen, I, I laugh. When, when I hear people say, oh, this new point, this new thing, it don't matter what you do during the regular season, bull. It matters a ton what you do in the regular season. You're watching it right now with Jimmy Johnson, Clint Boyer, Daniel Suarez, and you're also watching it with Joey Logano, Kyle Busch. You're yep. watching it with them too. Yes. You know, Kevin Harvick winning that race, I'm, I, I don't care what you say. If Kevin Harvick was in where he is in points today, 15 years ago, he's not winning the championship. Yeah, yeah. He's right. not winning it. Yeah. yeah. But going and winning that race yesterday gave him gave him playoff points. Yep. Gave him an opportunity to win. What you do in the regular season 100% matters. If yeah. anybody thinks they don't, then they don't understand the way these rules work. Yeah, and, and Kyle Busch is closing in on, uh, with Logano having to pit there, uh, that gave him a 20-point gap now. And even though that's not much, for those guys that run up front all the time, that's hard to overcome. But uh, that's 15 extra points that he could add to the 29 playoff points that he has now. That's huge going into to the 10-race stretch of the playoffs then. And yeah. don't even get me started if we only took 12. That's a whole nother oh, conversation. Oh, gosh. We could get into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just talked about it. So when we come back, which driver at this point do we think is the favorite? Who do we think can win the championship? Yeah. And Bubba Wallace made a four-life decision today. <laughs> come back and we're going to want to check it out. <laughs> Hi, uh, Billy Keebler, uh, engineer. Man, uh, <laughs> it's hard to find words. Uh, today, first of all, this is my birthday. Second of all, grew up just 20, 30 miles down the road. Be able to win races here at Michigan back to back um, and to get one on your birthday is a pretty special moment. We had our ups and downs today. We fought hard. We stuck together as a team and uh, had enough fuel to get there to the finish. We talked about the point battle before he went away. Well, the regular season, Standing. It's gotten tight. Uh, remember, if you win the regular season, that's 15 playoff points. That's huge. And right now, it's only 20 points separated Kyle Busch and Joey Logano. Kyle Busch won it last year and got those bonus points, and they are extremely valuable. And I hate to say this, but for the Joey Logano fans out there, I think he needed the 20-point advantage heading into Bristol. I'm not saying Joey Logano <laughs> can't go outrun Kyle Busch at Bristol. You think he's Kyle's good there? <laughs> I'm just letting you know that Kyle Busch at Bristol has been a pretty safe bet. I know he's had some off runs, getting accidents. It happens to everybody. But when it comes to just pure speed, yeah. he is good at that high bank. Yeah, and it's not like if Joey goes on and finishes second to Kyle Busch in that, it's not like he's getting left out of the playoff points. He gets 10, yeah. so that's going to be helpful. It's just giving someone like Kyle Busch that 15 more playoff points that he can use throughout the playoffs uh, is a huge advantage for him in, in getting his way all the way to Homestead and racing for another championship. Yeah, the difference between winning the regular season championship and finishing second is the equivalent to winning another race. Yes. Yep. That's the difference. Yep. So, uh, so all right, so who you got? Oh, gosh. I could, I'm glad you go first. Yeah, I could give you – I could make a case for the 18, Kyle Busch, the 19, Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin in the 11, Kevin Harvick in the 4. I think that could be our, our 4 racing for a championship. And if I had to look right now and say what I, what I think could happen there, uh, I, I think Martin Truex Jr. wins that. Mm. Go on, uh, Truex. Well, I like your 4. Um, the outside guy I think could join that 4 would be the 9 of Chase Elliott. I think that um, he seems to be more maturing very quickly, 
him and Alan Gustafson just has this confidence. They're finding out how to race with perhaps not the best cars every week, yep. but they're doing a very good job of it. But I actually go back to the start of the year. I'm going to say Denny Hamlin, Daytona 500 winner. He's won at Miami before. I like it. Um, he's only had one real shot in his career at a championship, and it didn't go his way. I don't think he was quite ready. He doesn't talk about it much, but I think deep down, Denny Hamlin is thinking, just give me another shot. While he's still young, he knows he doesn't have 20 years driving left. If you can get him to Miami, I think Denny Hamlin could be the champion. I, I think, I believe, and I don't mean this in any disrespect whatsoever, I don't think Denny Hamlin was emotionally ready for that battle the first year. Yeah. Remember, he went to Phoenix. They had, yeah. a, they had a bad ending at Phoenix, and, like, you almost saw it. Like, ah, you know, that was yeah. our chance, you know. So do you think he has it too, the yes. next time yes. here? I, I just think he I does. Do, I agree 100%. I just think he would, yes. be a, he would be a, man, he would be a, because his resume is so impressive. It is. I just yeah. think he would be one that I would not like to go race heads up. Yeah. So so I so I, I like you guys four, but I, I, Joey Logano just finds a way. He does. I mean, Joey Logano and Todd Gordon, they find a way to get themselves. I just have a hard time believing, although they have not had the speed that I think they need. I just, when I think of those guys, they fight and they claw and they scratch and they just find a way. So I have a hard time not putting him in that final four. You disagree, you want to disagree with Well, no, there's a name we haven't talked about. I'm waiting to get to it. So, so, (laughs) but I, I believe that this year there's been a bigger evolution and how the year started to where we are right now today because of the rules package. And I, I'm going with Kevin Hart to win a championship because I see them at the right time becoming very, very fast. And the other thing is the calmness at which they've had when they weren't being successful. That tells me that they're all lined up. Yeah. Right? They're all Good lined point. up. They're all believe in each other. They believe in their program. They have a ton of confidence in what they're doing. And, I, you know, Kevin Harvick, along with Joey, Kyle, uh, Brad, they have that toughness, right? That toughness. Like when things are going bad, they don't fold. And I just, I just cannot go against Kevin Harvick right yeah. now. So no one picked him. Why? Kyle Busch. He's, he, and I didn't pick him either. I'll tell you my why. I think that this type of racing frustrates him. And I'm not sure when you put the pressure of trying to make it in the playoffs. I think... I just don't – like, he doesn't seem to be in his happy place as he was in years past. Yeah. That's why I'm going against Kyle Busch. It's not the speed. It's just that he's been very vocal about this whole pack stuff. I don't like it. And, you know, I think that that is just a tough mindset to race for a championship. You didn't pick him either, though. No, no. And I think that's part of it is I think there's a little something there that, that his mind uh, – by the time we get to that 10th race in the playoffs, which is the championship race, that I'm not sure that – that they're going to be ready to go. Obviously, they're going to have a good race car, but can they get through that 400 miles in a difficult situation? Uh, I have to see that. And, and, and to your point, I think the race at Homestead is going to look different than it's ever looked. Yep. But here's what, yeah. here's what the odds makers think. Kyle Busch, 7-2, he's a favorite. Harvick and Truex, 5-1. And then Brad and Joey, they're 7-1. to one. So, Denny Hamlin, they're he, missed. he's below. He's below. So They're missing that. There you go. You might want yeah, to it's kind of been Denny's <laughs> Denny's career, in, in my opinion, that 
he, he hasn't been respected enough for the driver that he is and, and can get the job done anywhere. But he's much more – he might not get it done, but he's much more suited and ready now to handle that situation if it's if he's in that championship four. So if you could get a, a bet with Denny Hamlin at 12-1 to 1 to win the championship, how do you feel about that? Because that's I what his odds are. I think that is outstanding. That's what his yes. odds are, right? Yes. Don't right. go put your house mortgage on it, but, <laughs> but if you've got some chains <laughs> laying around, I would right. go find that bet. That's right. I just, I don't know. Something about it. Yep. Go to, tell me a race that somebody said Denny Hamlin was the favorite. I don't ever hear it. But somehow he's won over 30 races. He's never yeah. been the favorite. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I like his mindset, right? They had a crew chief change. Chris Gabehart's come in, done a great job. I, I, I like Denny's mindset. I think Joe Gibbs, I mean, listen, stats don't lie. Yeah. Right? Joe Gibbs Racing has the speed. They have the equipment. There's a, you know, you know, and, and the situation they're in, too, they've got everyone, they're all making it. Joe Gibbs Racing, all four of their cars are making the playoffs, right? So what are they working on right now? Oh yeah, they're looking right. Yeah, as opposed to Stuart Haas, they mm -hmm. got they got three. Got they got it. two that rather that that are in trouble. So their focus is on the playoffs and winning the championship. And some others are a little bit not able to be in that situation. I will say though, those playoff points are not as clear cut as they were a year ago. Now, while Kurt Busch and Alex Bowman was six and five, are a little bit behind. We've seen it before. We saw it in the Xfinity series where Christopher Bell almost missed Miami. He had to win yeah. to get there with a huge buffer. So 14, 17, 18, 19. There's going to be a lot of nervous drivers every round in the playoffs. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you who was nervous today is Bubba Wallace. <laughs> uh, today's the day? <laughs> yes, today Bubba. was the day. He gets nervous. So remember, he, the, the king, he was at Victory Junction camp, and the king came up and signed his arm. And what, how, did you, how did you phrase this? What do you want to don't, do? Don't challenge social media for you to do stupid things. There you go. So 43,000 <laughs> retweets, so and he got that and many more. So... Here he goes. He tattoo artist comes. It looks like me comes to his house, and there he is getting the king's autograph oh, no. on his leg. Hmm. Looks painful. Well, I give him one thing. He's a man of his word. If you weren't a Bubba Wallace fan before, you could become one now. <laughs> How about it, DJ? No, no, no DJ's I, not touching it. I. Um... Hey, yeah, we, we've all done things that maybe weren't <laughs> the best decisions that we've ever made. So He doubled down, though. Did you see the video he put out? Yeah. He, he doubled down wearing a Victory Junction shirt, and he reminded uh, Dale Jr., Mark Martin, and a few that were big supporters of this yeah. that they go ahead and donate now that he got the tattoo. Oh, yeah. I like that. See, that's the problem. Like, when you have friends, like, like friends in our sport that – want to see you suffer just a little bit, you know they're going to go out and <laughs> they're going to make sure that you're going to get that tattoo. So uh, coming up next, we will take a trip to North Dakota, home state of sprint car icon Donnie Shots when we come back. My track, my roots. Wasso Speedway in Michigan is about 40 minutes from my house where I grew up and uh, I was 13 when I started racing there. I was fresh out of quarter midgets getting into a, at the time, kind of like a lead sled bomber. Uh, it was an old Monte Carlo that I started racing and it's, it is, it's where you learn everything. It's where you learn the, the fundamentals really of stock car racing and racing against guys, at, especially at 13, you know, who are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, been doing it their whole life and, and you learn uh, a huge amount. 
some of the things you try to do on each and every weekend are still some of the basic things you learned at that racetrack. My dad and my mom, um, we didn't really know exactly what we were doing very well. We weren't a racing family, but we got into it through a friend of ours we'd race with in go-karts. And you know how it is at short tracks, you meet good people that want to help, and they were able to help me kind of round out the edges there. One of my favorite parts of this show is uh, looking at what these guys do, the grassroots, yeah. and the night before Sunday's race, uh, Eric Jones paid a visit to Waterford Speedway Sportsman's Club where he began racing quarter midgets. Uh, this also, by the way, is where Brad Keselowski got his start. So Eric Jones going back and hanging out with the quarter midgets kids, that's really cool. So cool, I saw a tweet from Brad. He said, I didn't even know we started at the same racetrack. <laughs> I saw this tweet. Think about that, one quarter midget track, two cup drivers. Yeah, Eric Jones was 13 when he started at the other place. I don't yeah. even know how he saw out over the dashboard <laughs> of, of that car. That big money, Carlo. Yeah. <laughs> but he did a good job with it, obviously. <laughs> Quarter midget racing is awesome. It yeah. is so much fun. All right, the next stop on a grassroots tour of 50 states brings us to Red River Valley Speedway in West Fargo, North Dakota. Three-eighths of a mile dirt track. has been in business for over 50 years and currently run Modified and Legends. Uh, it's biggest event. Biggest event takes place this Saturday. World Outlaws Sprint Car Race rolls into town. Duels in the Dakotas. North Dakota is also the home state of 10-time world champion in the Outlaws division, Donnie Schatz. By the way, he's just two points out of the championship lead after Saturday's Knoxville Nationals. That's awesome. I can, I can say that's, uh, I've been all over the whole country, but never North Dakota. I might have to take a trip up, <laughs> check out some good dirt track racing. I bet the Knoxville Nationals. Such a great show. The 41 right here going to victory lane. You see Exalt on the side of it. Jeff Gordon, that's Mark Weber. Formula One driver was there. Jeff had a lot to do with Exalta ending up on this car right here. And you see a celebration and some hugs. Those people involved right there are the former driver of that car, Jason Johnson, who was killed in 2018 driving a sprint car. His parents and his wife kept this car going. Um, a very popular win. And I'm telling you, a great Knoxville Nationals. Great week for the 41. He ran yeah. great in his prelim night, ran good in the main. But just in general, Knoxville has always been a great time for dirt drivers, but I think the track, the promoters, it's only growing in popularity. So much fun. I'm telling you, DJ, those sprint cars at Knoxville. Get it done. Man, they are flying. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what a win. I mean, you know, this it's kind of like our Daytona 500, you know, that we look forward to. That's what they build up to each and every year and just a great show. In motion and victory lane. That's yeah. crazy. A bad, mm -hmm. big race and all the, the, you know, the yeah. backstory of what you just told. Yeah. That's, a, that's a crazy, emotional victory lane. Track looked good, too. Running the cushion. Had the top rolling. <laughs> so, uh, Daniel Suarez, a huge benefactor when everybody ran out of gas on Saturday. When we come back, we're going to discuss some other winners and losers from Michigan's race. Sunday, Alexander Rossi looks to stay in the title fight with another victory at Pocono Raceway. The NTT IndyCar Series returns to the Tricky Triangle Sunday, 2.30 Eastern on NBCSN. Nothing I could really do, it just didn't have enough speed. I mean, four was about a half a second faster than us in qualifying, and when we were holding it wide open there at the end, just couldn't overcome it. Wish we could have done a little better, but man, I think it was a hot rod. We just uh, we got off off on uh, strategy there. I got the one on the outside, and we were just starting to make some ground up into three, and the caution came out, and we lost four or five there. So 
just one of them things. I mean, you can't uh, you can't control it. It's frustrating as hell with the you know with this package and the restarts the way they are, but it's part of it. And you got to uh, just hope that you're in the right ones today. We weren't. We won stage two and then had to get back in traffic there, and we we're up to fifth again on another restart um, and just got shuffled back. But um, you know we persevered and finished sixth. So uh, we'll take what we can get here and go on to Bristol. More people ran out of fuel than I thought. I don't really know what happened there, but. Um, yeah, it worked out. That was a great point today. We're well above the cut line now, so happy about that. Yeah, we're getting a little bit better. I feel like our cars are good, so I'm excited now for the rest of the season. We ran with Kyle the entire time there. That was last 30 or so laps, and it was hard to get by people for me, just a little bit too much drag, so whenever he'd get by me, I'd let him go and just let him pull me by the next guy, and then we'd race him. So uh, all in all, it was a good day for Kroger, JTG, and everybody on the 47 team, and we needed that, uh, we needed that run to, to move forward and have some more. Kevin Harvick's burnout. Yeah, I really want to do that soon. This team deserves it, and we're, we're going to be doing that very soon. And I hope you are interviewing me over there. Sitting here talking about bubble and worrying about points and everything else, um, way more worried about you know getting established, running well up front, um, you know, on these type of racetracks. I mean, that's more important than anything. If you make the chase and you can't compete in it, what's what's the use? We got to got some things to work out, but we got some time. Got some good racetracks for us. Bristol coming up. Uh, you know, still plenty of racing. We just got to got to get some things figured out. Well, several winners and losers from, from Michigan. Let's just get the negative out of the way. That way we can end on a positive note. And yes. Clint Boyer, you know, he was talking right there about, uh, you know, hey, we're not running good enough. We want, you know, don't care about the playoffs so much. We just got to be running better. But I don't completely buy that. I think yeah. that it's huge to make the playoffs and it's huge, you know, in a negative way not to make them. Yeah, and I think he probably shortly after that realized what he said and understands how much that means. But at the time, he's just frustrated yeah. that they have speed by themselves, but they they try to race with those that same car and, and they find themselves in a position and and you know it puts the driver in a tough spot. There, yeah, you know, in that situation, yeah, I don't know if he had to lift a little bit there, but you know he did get a little bit of help in that. And it's just been unfortunate uh, that everything that could go wrong has gone wrong for them. But uh, hey, I know he's just, right now he's focused on, hey, if we run better, we'll make the playoffs. It's not going to, won't be anything else about it. I do think there's some truth to that. I, I, I agree that he doesn't want to miss the playoffs. But what he's saying and what I think he truly means is, you know, we can count points all we want, but we should be way better than this. It should, shouldn't be this big of a challenge to make the playoffs. Um, you know, he's a, gone to Bristol and he's run well there before. Uh, they just had, I mean, even New Hampshire, they, they kind of got flipped on the strategy there, and he got in a wreck, got in a wreck here. Like I said earlier in the show, though, the biggest struggle I see is that he's going to be racing one of his teammates to try to make it. But, listen, I feel like he runs better than Ryan Newman. I feel like he runs better than Daniel Suarez. I feel like he runs better than Jimmy Johnson. He does, but he doesn't score more points than the three of them. No, he doesn't. But, but I think running well, right, and I'm not saying they have great speed, but I think they have more yeah. speed than the other three. They just need to finish, finish races and finish stages, and they just have not been able to do that. And and that, but I think what they can fall back on is their speed, and they just need to execute. They need to, and it's easier said than done. They need to go to Bristol, and leave there with all four tires on it, with the fenders on it, and just claw out a finish. So yeah. Claw it at twelfth, a fourteenth. That's enough, right? Because that team, I just think they, I think overall, I think that team has more speed than the other ones. I mentioned a meeting with the 48. I think if I'm the crew chief of the 14, I'm having a conversation with the driver and the spotter and saying just that. Yeah. This yeah, is I don't, not the race to contest every spot. Uh, it's going to be hard to do, but 
you might have to let a guy go for ninth at some point at Bristol. Here's the hard thing. We talk about these three tracks. There's three races to the end of it and just going out, Matt. These are three tough, tough yeah. racetracks that, that you have coming up to make all of that happen. But stay focused, get the job done. That's what you get paid to do. You mentioned Suarez, his teammates, going to have to race him. Yeah. yeah had a good day. Didn't didn't run that great, but had a great fin a good finish. And that's <laughs> that keeps fine. They keep finding a way to gain points. We talk about this how many points you scored. That's what kind of day you had. Unless you won, yeah. there's one guy that can talk about where he finished and he's doing burnouts. <laughs> and everybody else is going to be how many points you scored. And that's what Daniel Squares needs to do is start scoring some points. It was a huge downward trend all the way through Pocono, but they bounced back. They got the ship righted. At Pocono, I, I had the 41 written off. I could be wrong. He climbed all the way back to minus six. I think the 41 has a chance. Yeah. How do you so how about Ryan Newman? How do you feel about Ryan Newman where he is? This man he gets it done. I don't know exactly. I'm gonna give my son Jason credit that he's the spotter for Ryan Newman. <laughs> Maybe that's it. No. Ryan Newman's just there's nobody better than taking a car and getting more from it than what it can actually do. Put him in the toughest situation out there, and he's gonna get you the most points you can possibly get. And so when I look at these three tracks coming up, as difficult as they are. Uh, I don't think that they have the car to get it done, but they have the driver to make this happen. So far, we can talk about everybody that's won races. Here's the story. that How this man's got this car in 15th place, I have no idea, but kudos to him. And great situational awareness by his team last week. Hey, come on down here. Let's put some fuel in it. Yep. It's not going to cost us anything. Right. Some other people could have done that, and they didn't. And that helped them get a that helped them get a 12th place finish. All right, you say situational awareness? Kyle Larson. Can't think of a better guy that went and did nothing spectacular and have it come out his way at Michigan. Yeah. We've seen the team make mistakes. He has been hard on himself, making early mistakes in a race. He went out. He pushed the issue early. We saw that three-wide move there in the highlights. He right here. He's getting ready to be lapped. That's a good time to push the issue. Kyle Larson, it's time to stay ahead of these two guys. He did it. This was after a pit penalty. That's the only reason why he was back there. Kyle Larson wasn't in any highlight reel but this. And bravo, you ran third. I think that's all he needs is just to get a few finishes under his belt. That's a small thing within the race. Yes. Right? That may not seem like that big of a deal, but we all know it's a major difference between the, being the first car one lap down oh. and being in the lead lap. Where you restart is major league difference. And, yes. and that move by Kyle Larson, not only that, but staying in front of the leader for as long as he did, doing what he had to do to stay in front of the leader, that, was, that ended up being a, a big deal for those guys. He runs well at Bristol. Plus yeah. 71. Now I think you could try to race win. to win at Bristol. Yes, that's right. You come in there at plus 10. I'm not sure you can do that. Yeah, yeah. Huge difference. I, I, the one other thing that I take away from that, the guy that's at the top of the points, Kyle Bush. did you see the smile on his face when he said Bristol? Yeah, We're oh, going yeah. to Bristol? Yeah, oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. He's already thinking. Yeah. Another trophy. Yeah. All right, so coming up, uh, Bristol Race Week actually gets underway today on the golf course. We'll explain when we come back. gets underway Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern, Cup Series practice. That leads into the Xfinity Series race at 7 p.m. Then on Saturday, 6 p.m. Eastern for NASCAR America pre-race as we get you ready for one of the wildest events of the year. 
the night race at Bristol, guys. Oh, yeah. That's always fun. Nothing better. That Monday show should be easy. There'll be so <laughs> many disagreements at Bristol. We should have so much to talk about. Yeah, we're just going to cut commercials out. Yeah. <laughs> what do y'all say we do some shout-outs? Okay. I like some shout-outs. All right. Got started today over at Bristol. These are golfers. These guys that are golfers that hit it a long way. So they've got a world long drive tour event in Kingsport. And so they were over at the track getting some rides in pace cars and then also driving the pace cars, seeing what that's like and get an idea of what this banking is really like. Cost them a lot of fun. But at 6 o'clock on the Golf Channel today, they're going to show you how far they can hit a golf ball. A little further than you and I can, I can assure you. And a lot further than I can. <laughs> it's actually a lot further than we can, too. But. Uh, well, I have a shout-out to Haley Deegan, expanding her K&N schedule a little bit. Said earlier today, she's going to come run the K&N East race at Bristol. So, good luck, Haley. She's uh, really kind of splashed on the scene out west, won a few races. Uh, I'll give you the one word of advice. Good luck. There's a reason. <laughs> the last great Coliseum is tough, but I know she's going to have a blast. It's going to be fun to watch. But she seems to like to do the bump and run, and that's pretty pretty popular at Bristol. So yeah. see if she can get there and do that. So I got to give a shout out. I, I I think we all watched in amazement oh, man. on the pre-race show at Michigan. My man, David the Bullet Smith. Oh. Right? He's getting warmed up. Yep. He stands on top of the can, and he's a human can. Look I'm how telling high you. he is. Boom, right on the target. I I was shocked watching it live yes. how high this guy was. It was crazy. I, just, I didn't really know what to expect as we sat there on the pit mm -hmm. box getting ready for our pre-rush. But look at this. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, I, I didn't know he was lined up on the target. I didn't know, <laughs> if, he was I didn't know if I yeah. wanted to watch or not, yeah. you know? So, and... and um, and by the way, that's kind of like Bristol, right? <laughs> you kind of get shot oh, out of a can. That's right. Yeah. And hope you don't yeah, hit for something. For 500 laps, yes. <laughs> so, listen, guys, I got one for you, though. As crazy as this was right here, was Michigan not crazy? I mean, the yes. pole speed, almost seven-tenths of a second faster. The race, in my mind, didn't look anything like the spring race. Yeah. And that's why we sit here every week saying, hey, upcoming. Well, now it's Bristol that's upcoming. I don't think you can even predict what's going to happen under the lights. Yeah, I don't think you ever could at Bristol. And, and you know, you go there early in the year and you think you kind of know what to do. And then the, the night race is just something totally different. It's what every driver grew up doing, racing on a Saturday night somewhere at a short track. And this just has to be the ultimate short track. And I think the track's done a great job of getting both grooves worked in now. Yes. So the bottom works, the top works. You're going to see people doing different stuff. Uh, we, we talk about restarts every week. <laughs> restarts right. at Bristol are insane. And and just, it's so hard there. It's so loud for pit crews. It's yeah. it, Things happen so quickly. It's hard to even describe how things happen so quickly. My favorite national anthem of the year, though, oh, is yes. Bristol Night Race. Yes. So real quick, 20th anniversary oh. of the oh, kids really? of MRO Fantastic. singing. All yeah. the kids, drivers, crew chiefs, crew members, kids get to sing national anthem. This Saturday night, watch the national anthem, 20th anniversary for the kids from MRO. That is going to do it for us here in Charlotte. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Have a good night as we watch the bullet make it happen. They celebrate the cannon, Bert. You can do it at Bristol. <laughs> no. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help Dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, 
and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.